Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel in Greeley, Colorado. That's up north in the northern part of the state between Cheyenne, Wyoming, and Denver, Colorado. So, so blessed to be with you on this afternoon. So as you heard the number to call on Calvary Live to ask your questions or give your prayer requests, I'll be repeating that number throughout the show, but the number, the call-in number is 303-690-3000. And so as a lot of you have uh, tuned in to Calvary Live, your regular listener, we invite you to call and ask a question or give a prayer request. And as soon as the calls come in, we'll go to the phone lines, and this is your show. Those of you who are listening, uh, this is an opportunity for you to uh, get clarity and understanding uh, on your questions. Uh, maybe perhaps you heard a Bible teaching that uh, you want to comment on or need some clarity on. Maybe uh, your own devotions have brought up a question. Uh, it blesses me so much when people call and they said, I've been reading my Bible and I have these questions, and I'm glad that there's a place that you can call in and ask those questions, and I'll do my very best to take you to the Word of God because God's Word uh, is truth, and uh, God's Word does give us the answer, and uh, we can talk about those things, and uh, we can get truth uh, in our lives concerning the subject that you talk about. So give me a call, 303-690-3000, and also perhaps that uh, you need prayer. Uh, You need prayer for a friend or a family member. Uh, This uh, show is really an extension of the pulpit, and we want to be able to pray for you and minister to you and bring comfort to you from God's Word, uh, to bring just um, His Word to you, to to know that we have hope in Jesus. So give me a call at 303-690-3000. I want to welcome all the Grace FM listeners uh, along the front range here in in Colorado, uh, down in Pueblo West, in Fountain and Colorado Springs, as you're tuned in on 101.7. Welcome, welcome. And then also in northern Colorado, from Castle Rock on up to southern Wyoming, we welcome you on 89.7. You are listening live on this Monday and uh, afternoon, and uh, we have a nice day, a little cold, a little breezy. We have entered into a new month, and hey, spring is around the corner and looking forward to it. I know that we still have winter uh, that is left, but we're headed in the right direction. And uh, I was thinking this weekend, I was just being reminded that this weekend we turn our clocks uh, ahead an hour for daylight savings time. And and uh, so we're going to be heading into a season where there's warmth and there's life that comes forth and, and things will green up. One of the things that really gets me kind of, I don't know, bums me out a little bit is it's just the, the bare trees and the brown grass and the gray skies, and I look forward when color comes. But uh, maybe perhaps that you're listening today and you're going through a season of dryness and coldness and barrenness in your life, and you just need to be encouraged. 
you need prayer, you need the word of the Lord to speak to you, I invite you to give me a call and love to talk to you, 303-690-3000. And uh, let's talk about the things of the Lord. Uh, while I take a minute here to, before we go to the phone lines again, let's fill up those phone lines. And uh, hour goes by so quickly. I want to welcome all the Hope and Truth FM listeners on the East Coast. Uh, love to hear from you guys out East. I, I welcome you to call in at 303-690-3000. And uh, also the online listeners, that number works anywhere in the country. And then also, um, I just want to let you know there's another means uh, for you to um, ask a question or prayer request, and that is a dedicated text line. No one will answer that line. It's just for texting, and be safe as you text. And that number is 720-336-0897. Again, 720-336-0897. We've got a couple open lines, so... Uh, this is a chance for you to grab that open line and let's talk about the things of the Lord and uh, you'll uh, have plenty of time to get your questions answered or your prayers requests given. So we're going to go to Denver where William's on line one. Hi, 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 William. William, you there? Well, Pastor, yes, sir. My, my question is, when you die... I'm hearing different different things. When you die, do you go straight to heaven? And then I'm hearing that you go to sleep until Jesus comes to the earth. And and my second yeah. question is, is the Antichrist, is he walking on earth now? Or how do we know he is? How do we know he isn't? That's yeah. my question, sir. Couple couple good questions, William. And um, first of all, about... A Christian, when a Christian closes their eyes and takes their last breath, does that Christian, does their soul sleep? And that's a doctrine that perhaps uh, was told to you, that our souls sleep until the rapture of the church. And the Bible doesn't speak of soul sleep at all. Matter of fact, uh, when it talks about that we go to sleep, is speaking of death. Our bodies go to sleep until the resurrection, but not our souls. And that's where the confusion can be. Um, our bodies, we will get new heavenly bodies at the resurrection. But Paul, when he was writing about the resurrection, I'm, I'm going to read to you from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and you might want to note this, that uh, he says that we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And he says, For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with their habitation, which is from heaven. And he says, For we are in this tent grown, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Paul is um, just reassuring them and reaffirming what he wrote to them in 1 Corinthians 15. But he says that we can be confident knowing this, that while we're at home in a body, we're absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So we know that when we are, you know, take our last breath, that our spirit goes to be with Jesus immediately. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Paul didn't write to be absent from the body means that we're going to go to soul sleep for 2,000 years. Um, I think other evidence that we have in the New Testament, Paul, when he was writing to the church at Philippi, in chapter 1, he's writing about uh, his situation. He doesn't know if he's going to be released or whether he's going to be executed at that time in his first imprisonment. 
And he says that um, I'm hard-pressed between the two, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Uh, Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. So what Paul is saying is, listen, I want to go home and be with the Lord. Um, That's better for me. But also, if I stay here, it's better for you. So Paul didn't say, um, I'm hard-pressed between the two, whether to die and soul sleep for 2,000 years. Uh, the other evidence that we see is uh, we see that Jesus, remember the two thieves uh, uh, on the cross that were dying next to Jesus? And, yeah. um, and one of them turned to him and said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. What was the answer of Jesus? You'll be with me today before the sun has set. So yeah, there's... Yeah, so there's no evidence of soul sleep. It's a false doctrine uh, that has been taught in some circles of the church. Uh, the seven-day Adventists have uh, have taught that as well. The body will sleep, and this is where people get confused, William, because our bodies, like for example, when I have a funeral, and I've done a lot of funerals, and that body's in a casket, we put it in the ground. That body sleeps until the resurrection, and the resurrection is speaking more um, about new heavenly bodies that we will receive, celestial bodies, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, at the rapture of the church. And our bodies will rise up, and uh, that which is uh, mortal will be immortal, and uh, we will get new heavenly bodies. But uh, our bodies sleep, but not our soul, not our spirit. We immediately did go home to be with the Lord. So does that help on the first question? Yeah, that's great, because my daughter passed, and um, I'm getting into the Lord now, but I just wanted people to tell me, does she sleep? And I believe she's in heaven, and I was confused, and I'm glad you straightened that out. I'm, I'm glad she's in heaven now. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the blessed hope that we have. And I just want to encourage you, William, that Peter said in his first epistle that we have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And right. that's the hope that you can be comforted, even though you're grieving right now. It's a living hope. It's not a dead hope. It's a living hope. And she thank, is alive. You, she's, she's, with, she's, with, she's with Jesus. And she's more alive now, even though, you know, the, the grieving is hard and uh, God made us to grieve, uh, but it'll be temporary. And someday you'll see her. So, um, so I just wanted to say that. Now, the second question, William, um, that uh, I want to answer about the Antichrist. Is the Antichrist working, uh, walking on the earth now? We don't know. Um, Paul writes something very important in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. He, he's writing about the rapture. He's writing about the day of the Lord. He's writing about the Antichrist. And he says something very interesting about the Antichrist. He says, for the mystery, this is Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. Um, and then the lawless one will be revealed. So what we're being told is there's going to be a restraining factor that takes place that keeps the Antichrist from coming on the scene. And I believe that's the church, um, that he... Uh, is now restrained until he is taken out of the way. Uh, So the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in the church, once we are taken out of the way, then the Antichrist is going to be revealed, the lawless one. Um, And so 
We don't know who the Antichrist is now. Nowhere in the Scripture does it say that we are to be looking for the Antichrist. The Scripture always focuses on we're to be looking for Jesus Christ. And, and so he could be, if we're that close to the return of the Lord, perhaps he is living on the earth right now, but we don't know who he is, and I don't believe the church is going to know who he is. He's not going to be revealed until the church is taken out of the way, and then when he makes that covenant with, with Israel for a week, according to Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. Okay, thank you, Pastor. God bless you. Thank you, sir. Hey, William, can I pray for you real quick? Yeah, please. Please. Yeah, absolutely. Father, I pray for my brother who's hurting, I can tell. Lost his daughter, and Lord, I just pray that um, that he would be comforted knowing that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, and that there is a living hope that comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Jesus himself said, I go and prepare a place for you. And Lord, that um, that you would just help him in this time of grief and sadness. And Lord, that uh, you would bring a joy unspeakable and a peace that passes understanding. Just be with him, comfort him, Lord, uh, through your word, of the blessed hope that we have of eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, amen. thanks, William. Thank God you, bless Pastor. you. Thank you. Okay, you stay in touch. Okay. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Hey, we got open lines, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Maybe you need prayer. Maybe you're grieving. Maybe you just need um, to lift a family member up, or maybe you got a question. Those were two really good questions that William asked um, about heaven, and we want to be sure about our salvation. We want to be sure about uh, what awaits us, uh, that heaven does await us. And unfortunately, there have been those who've been told that their souls sleep. There have been those who have told that we go to purgatory. Those things are not scriptural. The, the Bible talks about um, the living hope that we have in Christ and to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. And we can comfort one another with those words, and we can hold on to the promise of God's word and uh, knowing that his words are true and faithful. So we got open lines, 303-690-3000. Uh, the text number is 720-336-0897. And give me a call. Give me a text question. I'd love to talk to you about the things of the Lord and uh, to be able to um, just bless you uh, through the Word of God and encourage you in any way that we can. Um, again, as we uh, continue with the show, I just want to um, um, just answer um, a question that came in. Um, a question came in. They couldn't stay on the line, but it's a good question. Um, that do you have to be baptized to partake in the Lord's Supper? Uh, we just got through doing a baptism here at Calvary Chapel last weekend. It was it was so cool. It was so neat. Baptism is an act of obedience in the life of a believer, and I emphasize in the life of a believer. There are those who uh, have taught that you. Uh, don't have salvation until you go through the act of baptism. You know, Jesus told us to go out and um, make disciples and baptize one another in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But there's nothing that we can do to earn salvation. There's no act. Um, Jesus did it all on the cross. And that's something that I hope that we understand, that the sufficiency of what Jesus did on the cross for, for forgiveness of sin and our salvation 
he cried out, it is finished. I did the work. I paid the price. And then he validated it as he rose from the grave. And Paul makes it very clear as we go through particularly Galatians and as you go through Romans that um, that we are saved by faith alone. We are saved uh, by grace through faith, uh, Ephesians chapter 2. It's not of works. It's the gift of God, lest anyone should boast. And we want to be clear on that. But baptism is an important uh, step of obedience. Um, and uh, so to have those come out in the water, to identify with Christ, as uh, Romans chapter 6 says, uh, that is a declaration that I'm a follower of Christ. Uh, I walk in this newness of life. It represents as you come out of the water um, that uh, I live this new resurrected life with Christ, uh, a newness of life. Uh, but there's nothing in the scripture that says you have to be baptized uh, in order to take of the Lord's Supper. And um, the Lord's Supper we took this weekend. And I don't say to the people, uh, unless you've been baptized, uh, you cannot take of the Lord's Supper. One of the things that I do do is I tell people that taking of the Lord's Supper is a memorial. We're remembering what Jesus did for us and allowing his body to be broken um, and his blood shed for forgiveness of sin and this new covenant that we belong to. Uh, but uh, it's for the believer. It's not for somebody who just uh, belongs to Calvary Chapel. It's for us believers to come to the communion table. Jesus said, do this often in remembrance of me to remember his sacrifice, his provision, and what he did in going to the cross. And so it's important for us to be baptized. It's important for us to take at the Lord's Supper. Uh, but there's no prerequisite of you have to be baptized in order uh, to take of the Lord's Supper. And uh, so um, the Bible doesn't declare that at all. Um, so hopefully that helps uh, for you who uh, couldn't stay on the line. But um, if you got any, any more questions, give me a call about that. Love to talk to you about it. Hey, we got a couple open lines, 303-690-3000. We invite you to call in today on Calvary Live. This is Jeff Figs of Calvary Chapel Greeley taking your questions and your prayer requests. In the meantime, we'll go to Baltimore where Chris is on line one. Hi, Chris. Hello. Hi. Hi. How, you doing, how are Pastor you? Jeff? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Got a question for me? I do. So, um, so I was wondering, why is it we say, or the Bible says, that Jesus, Jesus was conceived without sin, but yet it's God's plan for us to be fruitful and multiply and have intercourse? So, I mean, I realize that, you know, Mary was a virgin, but still, why, so why is it sinful? You got what I'm saying? Where's the connection between the without sin part? Well, to, re to remember this, and that Jesus was virgin-born, like you said, uh, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, that, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. And so Jesus uh, had a mother, Mary, but his father was God the Father. And, um, and that's where his divinity comes from the Father. Um, and so um, he's the one, the Son of God, that came, that was the only one that was able to be the sacrifice for our sins, lived a perfect life. And, and so, um, in a way, it's, it's sometimes kind of hard to explain, a little bit hard to, to, um, to understand, but Jesus was fully God, and he was fully man. If he just came through 
um, you know, uh, the conception of a man and a woman, then he would not have been fully God. Uh, He would not have been divine. He would have had that sin nature that was in him. But he came as the Son of God, uh, the perfect man, who was qualified to be able to go to the cross and die for his sins. So that's kind of a simple answer, um, if that helps out, Chris. Well, it helps a little bit, but what I still don't get is Mary was human, and I'm sure she sinned. So, you know, I'm still not getting, you know, where the without sin part is altogether. Well, he, your your focus on Mary, the the he was fully human. It wasn't that Jesus was half human and half God. He was fully human in his incarnation and fully God. And, and so, uh, with the divine nature is uh, in the carna- incarnation is where he would be without sin. Uh, okay. Um... Again, but I still don't get the part where I'm sorry. I'm driving and trying to think and drive at the same time. But I'm still not getting the the part of so then it's so then it's 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 sinful to to have intercourse though is, is the no the not, way I'm not be, at it. no and it's here's the thing that God created man and woman to come in marriage and to be fruitful and to multiply. And so it's not sin with, um, with you know, the, the act of uh, coming together physically in the confines of marriage. Um, there's only one instance where a virgin conceived and bore a son, and that is Jesus, to bring in Christ, who would be divine. But it's not sin to have that relationship confined in the marriage. The Bible's very clear about that. Okay. Okay. I'm still not completely understanding it. Well, well I'm not. Yeah, just just think through it a little bit. Think through. You know, Jesus had was fully man, fully God, and um, he was divine. And his father was God the Father. It wasn't a man, and that's what made him divine. Uh, divine was um, that he came uh, from heaven. He was eternally, you know, all in existence from eternity past with the Father in the incarnation would include uh, the virgin birth. So that's what makes it unique. That's what made him divine, uh, the Son of God. It wasn't just between a man and a woman and then, well, I guess this will be the Son of God. But I I, I think you're kind of confusing a little bit about that, um, that because Mary uh, was you know, gave birth to the Christ child, that um, that if you have relations in the marriage, that that's sin. Um, it doesn't say that in the Scriptures. That's a very natural, uh, very ordained act that God has allowed people. So I'm not quite sure where you're going with it past that, but keep reading, keep studying, and, um, and I think it'll become more clear to you, Chris. So appreciate your call. Hey, keep okay. reading the Bible. All right, God okay. bless you. Thank you. 303. Yeah, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. And uh love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. Got a couple open lines, so uh, take one of those open lines, and let's talk about the things of the Lord. Text number is 
0897. And let's go to Ivan in Denver. Hi, Ivan. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Pastor. How are, How are you? you today? Good. How are you? Oh, just fine. I have a question about the caller before the last one. The uh, young lady had a question about uh, baptism and uh, celebrating uh, the Mass, not Mass, but the, the Supper with Christ. And um, and you told her that uh, in the Bible it said to celebrate often and uh, do this in memory of me. And uh, right. I have a question about subluxation. And, uh, you know, the, the Catholics believe that, you know, if you don't believe in the uh, in the host is actually being the body of Christ, that, you know, you, you don't need to, to accept it at all. Yeah, um, you know, the, the question that was asked, and I didn't get a chance to talk to the individual, was uh, do you have to be baptized in order to take the Lord's Supper? And I was answering that directly. Now, I think it's another issue when it comes to the Catholic Church, and I grew up in the Catholic Church, and um, and they believe in maybe some other circles of certain denominations as well, that they're actually eating of the body of Jesus, right? right. Um, and and partaking in the blood of Jesus. Nowhere in the scripture does that um, uh, support that whatsoever. Uh, I, I want to read to you from John chapter 6, and I think that this uh, hopefully will kind of help out a little bit. But Jesus is talking to them that he's the bread of life. And he says, come eat of me and come, you know, drink of me. And the people were confused. They're saying, this is too hard. And, um, and he declares that he's the bread uh, of life that comes from heaven. And if anyone eats this, this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I give is of my flesh, and I will give for the light of the world. So they're saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? They're confused. As you go through John's gospel, what you have is, Jesus is talking in the spiritual. They're thinking the physical. For example, in John chapter 3, Nicodemus comes and says, we know you're from God. Um, no one could do the things that you do um, unless you come from God. And, and Jesus said, you must be born again. And if you're familiar with that, Ivan, you remember mm-hmm. that, um, that Nicodemus, he's the master teacher of Israel. He's struggling with all this. And he's going, what do you mean, Ken? A man, you know, enter his mother's womb a second time and and be, you know, born again? And Jesus said, no, Nicodemus, that which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Don't marvel that I say that you must be born again. You go to John chapter 5, the woman uh, there at the, the well of Jacob. Uh, Jesus is talking to her about living water. And she's going, where do I get this water, you know? And Jesus said, if you drink of the water here, Jacob's well, you'll thirst again. But if you drink of the water that I have to give, you'll never thirst again. And the Father is looking for those who will worship him in spirit and truth. So she's thinking physical water. you got some magic potion or something to drink of. And, um, and Jesus is saying, no, to come worship in spirit and truth. John chapter 6, they're coming to him only because he had fed the 5,000. And he said, you need to come and eat of the living bread. So he's talking to them about eating of him, drinking of him. He says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood is eternal life, and I will raise them in the last days. So here is, you know, these sayings, and it says that the people said, this is a hard saying, who can understand it? And Jesus knew in himself, I'm reading from John chapter 6, verse 61, that the disciples complained about this, and he said to this, does this offend you? 
And and he goes on and he says, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are of life. He says that the flesh profits nothing. So he's speaking that come have fellowship with me, believe in me, come and accept me. That's what he's talking about. Now, when right. it comes I, to... I always thought yeah. it was just a beautiful tradition, you know, celebrating the Last Supper. But, the, you know, the Catholics always come back and say, well, there's documented proof that, you know, there's a host that, you know, had blood on it and survived for, like, yeah. you know, hundreds of years. And Yeah. So, Ivan, I, this is what I want you to do, because I want to kind of explain a little bit further. Stay on the line. We're going to go to break, hear the music, and then we're going to be right back in about two minutes, all right? Hey, give me a call, 303-690-3000. Let's talk about the things of the Lord. Be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. This is Jeff Figs at Calvary Greeley with you this afternoon, taking your questions and your prayer requests. You just heard the number 303-690-3000. And of course, we do have an open line. So grab one of those open lines. We've got plenty of time in the show uh, to be able to answer your questions. I'll do my best and uh, to go to God's Word to pray with you as you need prayer uh, to minister to you on this Monday afternoon. So glad you can join us. And the text line is 720-336-0897. And if we have time uh, in the show, we'll go to those text questions. So we were talking with Ivan. Ivan, you still with us? Yes, I am. About communion. And um, one of the things is, um, you, you know, growing up in the, in the Catholic Church, it was very much that doctrine of, um, you know, that when you take a communion, you're literally eating of the body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. And um, here's the thing, that uh, when you read through the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews talks about Jesus' sacrifice uh, that was um, done for us, a superior sacrifice. The, the animal sacrifices uh, were done over and over again because it could not take away sin. It only covered sin until Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came and, and died for our sins. When you go to the book of Hebrews, and when the writer of Hebrews is talking about Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, uh, he uses the, the term, he died once and for all. He died once and for all. That's used uh, a few times in the book of Hebrews. Jesus died for our sins once and for all. And, and in the upper room, uh, when he says, here's the bread, break it, take, this is my body broken for you. He takes the cup, he says, drink, this is my blood. They weren't eating of his flesh. They weren't there chewing on his arm. You know, um, he, he wasn't pouring his blood into the cup. It was, it was symbolic. So I, I think that um, he said, do this in remembrance of me, um, that the Scripture does not support that whatsoever, that it's remembering what Jesus did for us uh, on the cross. And that's yeah, what we are too. Yeah. That's so, what I always figured. But, um, you know, and I, I, I was born and raised Catholic, and, you know, I, I, I've called you several times, and I don't have anything against Catholics because I was, you know, yeah. ever since I can remember my grandmother, my grandfather, my father, my mother, you know, we've always gone uh, to Catholic churches, and, you know, I've had a 
really strong foundation in in the church. Uh, you know, some of the things um, that now that I've grown up, I have a little <clears throat> excuse me a little uh, problem understanding. And uh, you know, as I go through the Bible, I see that you know, maybe it's not altogether true. But uh, right. you know, I'm not in any way uh, trying to put the Catholic Church down. I just, like I said, just trying to find out the truth that, yeah. that maybe I, I've missed through the years. Yeah. Amen. And that's what we want to do. We want to go to God's Word to get clarity and understanding and truth uh, to the questions that we have. So appreciate it, Ivan. Good question. Well, thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Hey, have a good day. You bet. You too. Thanks for holding during the break. Appreciate right. it. Bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. we got a couple open lines, so we can go to God's Word and answer your questions. And as we continue in the show, uh, not only inviting you to grab one of those open lines, but let's go to Kip in Cheyenne. Hi, Kip. Hey, Pastor Jeff. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Hey, I'm calling in regards to the gentleman that just called you and asked the question about is sex a sin and why uh, why the virgin birth was uh, important. Um, I'm not sure if you quite understood, I think, what he was asking in that question. Um, okay. His, his, from my understanding, listening, uh, his question or concern was, is sex sin? And if, if so, then why would God tell us to be fruitful and multiply? Um, sex is not a sin. In fact, God created sex uh, for enjoyment and pro- uh, procreation within a married or family unit. Um, the thing is, is that just like the Bible says that um, through one, all were found guilty, and through one, all are cleansed, through Adam, right. all were found to be in sin, and through Christ, all are found to be saved. It appears in the Bible that um, the man is the one who um, who carries the curse, carries the um, the the spreading of of sin even though it was uh eve who took the uh the fruit the bible says it was by one man that all were found guilty so with mary being a virgin um she did not receive the curse of sin that is given during uh, procreation, because all of us, no matter who you are, have a mom and a dad. Rather, um, there is no other way to have a child except for a mom and a dad. So with Christ being born um, 100% man, being that he was born through Mary, but 100% God, meaning that he did not have the curse of man with him when he was born. It wasn't procreation that caused the curse. It was the sin in the garden. So sex really isn't part of this picture. It's about... Well, yeah, and Kip, that's one of the things I was explaining to him, is that, you know, within the confines of marriage, it's not a sin, and that his father was God the Father, and he, um, Jesus, uh, was born of virgin birth, and um, so, in a sense, that's what I told him. And um, he was fully human, fully God, um, and he had a physical body like ours. Um, that, and at the same time, uh, Jesus was fully God with an eternal, sinless nature. 
Uh, we know that from John 1, 14, 1 Timothy 3, 16, Hebrews chapter 2 uh, talks about that. So I think those things were, um, were explained, perhaps, um, not understanding, uh, but he had to be virgin-born. Um, because Correct, yes. indicate, because the curse something. of sin seems to be in the seed of man. Um, yeah. Again, the Bible and says that all are, are sinners right. because of one right. man. That's why all can be saved because of one man, Christ. Right, and, and that seems to come from Romans chapter 12, is um, what you were quoting. Through one man, Adam, sin and death came into the world. And then um, through... Um, the last Adam, Jesus Christ, comes to life, but he he writes that in verse 12, and then in verse 17, he says, For as one man's offense, death reigned through uh, the one, much more those who received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign through life through Jesus Christ. So, um, yeah, I think that's exactly what the Bible says, and uh, hopefully he'll come to um, be able to uh, understand that, and I appreciate your explanation on that. All right? Yeah. Thank you, sir. Thanks, thanks, Kip. Appreciate it. God, God bless, bless you guys up Bye. there in Cheyenne. All right. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. I believe we have all open lines, and i uh, love to, to talk to you about the things of the Lord, and uh, give me a call, and, and uh, let's talk about... Um, uh, the Bible and things that um, that uh, are on your heart and on your mind, and uh, so love to talk to you about those things. Um, let's go to is my computer is just kind of did some weird things. Let's go to text line is let me check and make sure we don't have anybody else on the lines, and so. Okay, I think we're we're clear on that. Let's go to the text line. Text line number is seven uh two zero three three six oh eight nine seven. Um and um I'm gonna pull up one. Uh is it wrong to pray for someone who murdered someone else uh for their salvation, forgiveness uh from God for them and for God to have mercy on their soul? It is not wrong to pray for them. Uh we need to pray for them. Uh, and um you know, you look at the Bible, Moses uh, committed murder. Um, we know that David was guilty of committing murder. So we need to pray for those um, that uh, have committed sin, murder, or any other sin, um, and we need to pray for their salvation. We need to pray for their souls. There have been uh, those that have the testimony that uh, they have um, come to Christ because they were ministered to the gospel uh, Maybe they were in prison. Maybe they committed a, a crime, uh, a, a serious as murder. Or um, We are to pray for those. We're to pray for all people, and, um, and that's what the Lord would have us to do. So it's not wrong to do that, and uh, it's not wrong to pray for somebody who is struggling with that. Uh, we still have open lines, so give me a call. 303-690-3000 is the number to call, and love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. Um, and be able to talk to you about uh, the scriptures and God's Word. I do want to remind you that uh, on Sunday, uh, yesterday, we had a, uh, a, a new book that we started studying, Matthew's Gospel. So if you're in the Greeley area, and, and uh, 
and uh, you, you know we'd love to have you come as we just started Matthew's gospel the first book of the New Testament Matthew wrote his gospel of course to show us that Jesus is the king of kings and so there's a lot of quotes from the Old Testament I believe 53 in the in Matthew's gospel and uh, so it's going to be an incredible story we went over the genealogy there in the first uh, 16 verses 17 verses of of Matthew that lists the genealogy of Jesus and then of course the announcement to Joseph that that Mary was with child conceived of the Holy Spirit so it was a great study and love to um, be able to um, um, be able to uh, have you come and, and join us uh, we have three Sunday morning services at 8 9 30 and 11 o'clock and uh, got a place for the kids uh, wonderful children's ministry. It, it, the kids are so blessed. They love it. Uh, we do worship with them. We teach them at their level. A uh, place for the toddlers, for the infants. They'll be safe, cared for. Um, and uh, we also got middle schoolers that meet at 9, 30, and 11. So check out our website, calvarychapelgreeley.org. That's calvarychapelgreeley.org. And, of course, we have a Wednesday night service. Love to have you come join us for the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament, another incredible book. Just love studying God's Word. And and we go through the books of the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And uh, just to, to be able to study those books is a tremendous blessing. So come join us again. Check us out on our website, calvarychapelgreeley.org. i got a couple open lines, so let's go to James in Greeley. Hi, James. Hey, yeah. How's it going, Pastor How are you? Jeff? Good. How are you? Good. So I was just calling to add a comment, I guess, and ask a question to the previous callers that called about um, Jesus Christ being born sinless. And my statement behind it is, aren't all babies born sinless? Um, until we reach a certain age, we are sinless. Well, I think you're getting um, the age of accountability mixed up with with um, with being sinless. Uh, again, Paul, when he was writing to uh, the Romans, he said, "Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death and sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all have sinned." Um, so we're all born with the sin nature. Um, the age of accountability that you're talking about is, we don't know what age exactly that is, but there's a term, a theological term, age of accountability, to where one is responsible for, you know, um, and accountable for that sin. Um, and so a child, uh, how old is that, where they're not responsible for that? I don't know. But we are all are born with the sin nature. Um and you see that you see that in in you know a beautiful baby that baby grows you don't have to teach that baby to you know uh, lie you don't have to teach that baby to throw a fit when it doesn't get its way that's the sin nature that's in us but the age of accountability is when uh, that 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 baby that child whatever that age is don't know what it is is going to be held accountable for their sins. So they're kind of two different things that you're talking about. Okay. So I sometimes, understand. you know, James, sometimes people, you know, when, I remember years ago there was a family member 
that we are trying to minister to, and they're not believers, and they just had a baby, and and we're um, explaining the gospel to them, and explaining to them that we're all born with the sin nature, and and death has come to us because of sin to all men, and that's what Romans chapter five is explaining, uh, that Jesus, the last Adam, uh, that he came and he lived a sinless life, a perfect life. He was the one worthy to go to the cross and die for our sins, be the perfect sacrifice. He brings life to us. And and when we explained that, you know, their baby that they had had a sin nature, beautiful baby, of course, um, just um, ad- adorable. But you're not going to have to teach that baby, you know, to lie. That comes naturally. Or that baby to be selfish and throw a fit, you know, when they're a toddler. That's the sin nature that is in them, and we're all born with that. And uh, so, because so it's been passed. Yeah, so we're but born it, with the sin nature, right? But but we're not accounted for our sins until we reach the age of accountability. And who knows, except for God and you, what that is? Yeah, and you know, and that's the thing is I don't know what the age of accountability is. Um, you, you know when a when a baby dies, people call and they ask, is my baby in heaven? I believe that they are, because David, when he lost his infant, when he lost his baby, uh, David made the statement that I will go to him. He will not come to me, but I will go to him. Like, I'm going to go to heaven and be with him. So we have that comfort that's given to us, but we don't know what the age of accountability is. Um, you know, there's different guesses, different thoughts. Uh, but we're all born with the sin nature, and the Bible's very clear about it. That's that's why Jesus came to die for our sins, and and because we have a sin nature, also we are sentenced to death. If you eat of that tree, Adam, you shall surely die. Adam didn't know what that meant because he had not seen death. Um, but there's going to be physical death, and it also brought spiritual death. And Jesus is the one that brings spiritual life to us, eternal life to us, because of going to the cross. So even though Jesus was sinless, right, he was the perfect sacrifice, was he born without a sin nature? He didn't have a sin nature. He was sinless. And um, and that's what we're going back, talking about the discussion about his father was um, God the Father. He was virgin-born. And um, so he didn't have a sin nature. He wasn't from Adam. He wasn't from Adam. Yeah, that's a good, like good way to put it. Like you and I are. Like you and I are, yeah. Okay. Good, that makes good perfect question. sense. Yeah, good good observation, James. Appreciate it. Uh-huh, thank you. God bless you. Yeah, God bless you. Bye. All right. 303... Six nine zero three thousand. Um, love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. Give me a call um, and um, just uh, talk about the Lord. Talk about His goodness. Um, we're waiting for lines to uh, callers to come in again. And so, if you've been wanting to ask a question, this is the time to do it. This is the time to grab one of those open lines. Um, let's. Go to text line, uh, ask for prayer for me and my mother, um, and uh, and just we're going to do that. I'm not going to read all the prayer requests, um, 
And we just pray, Father, for this one who has called for prayer, for Rich and for Yvonne, his mom. We just pray that you would just continue to uh, bless her. She's in rehabilitation home. Things are working fine. And um, so I thank you for that. Um, We just pray that things uh, will continue to where she heals, to where she can come home uh, soon. So we just pray for the whole family. Uh, Thank you for this praise report. We just continue to lift her up to you. We just continue to pray uh, for every need that they have. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen and amen. Um, Also, there's a prayer for uh, someone who wanted prayer for their daughter who's going through a custody battle, and it's been going on for a while. So, Lord, you know the situation. We just pray uh, for Diane that's going through this uh, situation. We pray for for your will to be worked out. We pray for you uh, to uh, give victory in this situation. Um, And I just pray that you would um, just be with Diane. Um, You know the circumstance. You know everything that's going on. And uh, I just pray for your comfort to come, and not only for Diane, but uh, for the children. And um, I just pray that for you to step in and, and to work and show yourself strong on their behalf. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. That can be such a hard and difficult thing um, that uh, people can go through, and certainly we'll be praying for her. 303-690-3000, still got some time in the show. I uh, want to be able to uh, to talk with you and um, and to be able to uh, encourage you any way that we can uh, here on Calvary Live. That's what we're here for, to be able to minister to you. Um, there is uh, a question about um, that, uh, a question that was given. Let me pull it up here and uh, be able to talk to you kind of put it in words that um, that uh, can understand. Um, there is one about, um, is the rapture of the church going to take place before or after the tribulation starts? We've talked a lot about that one, and uh, I believe that the scripture shows us that the rapture of the church uh, is going to take place before the tribulation period. Um, we have the doctrine of imminent return uh, all throughout the New Testament. We have Jesus that said, uh, be looking for the master's return. Uh, and uh, we also know that uh, he comes at a time we do not expect. So all these things um, that point to that we will be taken out of and away from the hour of tribulation that shall come upon the whole earth to test those who dwell on the earth, the promise to the church of Philadelphia. So I believe we'll be taken out of before that seven-year period called the tribulation period. So if you got any, any more specific questions on that, give me a call. Love to hear from you, 303-690-3000. But in the meantime, let's go to Denver where Carmelia is, Carmela, sorry, Carmela? <laughs> yeah, Carmela. Thank How you. How are you? I'm good. I just have a quick question. Okay, so I was listening to Job when I was, and it said that when God asked Satan, well, have you seen my uh, my servant Job, when he said he was going from, you know, to and fro from the earth. But he, right. they said that he was going into with his son. God was going into someplace with his son. So who was his son? 
Um, I'm not sure. Uh, Job chapter one, that heavenly scene that takes place, uh, right? When when Satan, or he gave him permission to do all that stuff. So it um, says that God was going into with his son into like a meeting or whatever. I don't know. You can just well, probably right what there. what I'm what I'm looking at is when the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Is, is that what you're looking at? Well, it said that he, that's right. But before that, it said something about he was going into someplace with his son and they were talking about God. Well, let me, let, let me read it to you. Okay. Real quick. And okay. it says now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the that's Lord. That's it. And, the sons of okay. God. Okay. That's what you're talking about. That's right. Just another so who's term. the sons of God? Well, it's another term. Sometimes the sons of God are used for angelic beings and oh. sometimes it's used for fallen angelic beings. Now Satan, oh. for some reason, this is where it gets kind of, uh, Carmilla kind of, um, we get a glimpse of the the heavenly realm, mm-hmm. and um, so Satan is able to present himself before the Lord. The sons of God came and present themselves. He doesn't live in heaven. Of course, he was cast out of heaven. Uh, Jesus said, "I saw Lucifer or Satan fall like lightning to the earth," but he presented himself. And the sons of God uh, throughout the Old Testament. Uh, you see particularly that it's used for angelic beings, and it's a reference also to fallen angelic beings. Um, so that's where Satan comes, and the Lord says, have you considered my servant Job? And it's interesting because it's a military term. It's, it's a military term of a general that's going to study the enemy to try to, to defeat that enemy, to get a foothold into that to me Because that was throwing me for a big loop, so. Okay, well, thank you very much. I appreciate you answering the question. God bless you. Have a good day. You too. All right, bye. Yeah, that's kind of an odd scene there. It was seen in Job chapter 1, but, of course, uh, that was something that uh, uh, took place in Job, and and then uh, he challenged the Lord. But I want to remind you that uh, it is... It is... um, uh, you know, the enemy that studies us. And, and the Lord said, have you considered my servant Job? And, and the answer was, yes, I have. And listen, he's studying you and me. He studies us to try to get a foothold into our lives. He studies us so he can come against us. He studies us so he can try to make us in a... And he's like a roaring lion seeking who he might devour. So that's why it's so important that we stay close to the Lord, and we're trusting the Lord, even as James said, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Uh, because he, he does. Um, he's the accuser of the brethren who accuses us day and night. And we don't want to go into his territory. Peter writes that he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So you be watchful. You be vigilant. And again, that means that you're paying attention. And I just want to encourage you as we're getting close to ending the show here today that the Lord loves you so much. He wants to do so much in your life, but don't give reason for the enemy to come and and to get a foothold in your life. Uh, be awake, be vigilant, be watching. That is a command that's given to us throughout the scriptures, you know, over and over again. And it, it reminds me, you remember 
when Jesus was in the garden praying, and uh, he in, was sweating great drops of blood, but he told his disciples uh, and the three that went with him, he said, you, you uh, pray, uh, and um, I'm going to go over here and pray. And so he came back three times. He found that they were sleeping, and he said, couldn't you watch for one hour? Um, and he said, watch lest you fall into temptation. But the thing, here's the thing, is Jesus uh, would come back and find him sleeping. The enemy was plotting. And the enemy, led by Judas and the detachment of troops that were coming against Jesus, were carrying their torches and their clubs and their swords, and they were crossing the Kidron Valley into the Garden of Gethsemane. And, and, and the enemy will come, and he will be effective in coming into your life if you are sleeping spiritually. So you want to make sure that you are watchful, that you're vigilant, that you're sober. It's so important, especially in the day in which we are living in. Uh, we want to make sure that we are um, staying close to him and uh, reading our Bibles and walking in the ways of the Lord, just uh, being soft of heart uh, and, uh, and, and paying, uh, staying close to him. Uh, don't go into the enemy's territory. Don't let him uh, give you, you know, reason to come against you in any way. So, hey, thank you, everybody, for the show today. God bless you. Hope you have a great evening. Great talking with you. Be with you uh, same time tomorrow on Calvary Live. Stay close to the Lord. Keep reading your Bibles. We'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.